is dead. It is dead. It is not decaying, but it is dead. And the reality of what brings us together, not, by the way, just today, but every single Sunday, is that which was dead has been raised to life again. Amen? In fact, let's just give God a big round of applause and say thank you for Jesus and the resurrection. It is kind of interesting that when Jesus rode into town on the one week before he would be crucified, before he would be raised again, the Pharisees said, you need to tell your disciples to be quiet. They can't praise you this way. And Jesus said, according to Luke's gospel, if they don't praise the Lord, so by the way, I'm really thankful that y'all praised the Lord right there. That was really important. Because if they don't praise the Lord, the very rocks, the very rocks, almost a prediction that that which was dead would come back to life to bring praise to God. Welcome everybody, really thankful that you've joined us today and there are just a whole bunch of folks that have joined us online. Well, I, if I started listing all the new faces, I would take us another 30 minutes or so. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for joining us on YouTube. I know that we have a number of guests who are joining us. You've sent invitations to friends and families to join us today and we're really glad that you've all joined us today. If you're new to us or if you're just needing to know more about us, we encourage you to go to our website, www.ljchurch.org. Very simple. You can figure that out. A number of things that you'll find there that talk about who we are and what we're doing and things akin to that. But also tell you that you can get a copy of the Caring and Sharing. And if you don't get it online, there's hard copies back in the back. Lots of things going on at our church that you might want to know about. That's a very helpful newsletter. Whether you get the hard copy or here or keep a digital copy on your phone loaded up and ready to go. Towards the end of our service, we'll be celebrating the Lord's Supper together. And I just have to say that I'm looking at faces that I'm really glad that I'm going to be in the same place partaking together at the same time. I invite those of you online to be sure that you're prepared. If you can have some bread and a cup, something that you can partake of, and if you're here today, I hope on your way in, someone encouraged you to pick up a little cup, looks exactly like this, a uh, cup on one side, bread on the other. It's much better bread than it used to be. Somebody say amen. So uh, we, we found the answer to that question, and I would encourage you to have those handy. That'll be at the end of our service, that we'll be invited to participate in the body and blood of Jesus through the bread and the cup. As we begin our worship today, I would ask that you would stand with me, please. We typically read from the Psalms, the, the hymn book of the church for thousands of years. But today, we're going to be reading what appears to be a song that Paul recorded in the second chapter of Philippians. So we'll, you, I realize that you've memorized this, you're familiar with it in a lot of different forms. We'll try to read this one together. And I'll do my best to read these words together. Let the same mind be in you.
this time we want to encourage our uh, 
children's ministries to go off to the various rooms. There's no praise kids, but there is no praise kids. So uh, Limitless Kids and uh, Stage 2 Nursery, y'all can be dismissed at this time. Let's go to our Father in prayer. Father God, we come before you now with joy, with thanksgiving, with humbled hearts, knowing how great you are. Father, we come here celebrating that this weekend we we look back and we remember the death and the burial of your son Jesus, and we celebrate because the, that death did not have the final say. We celebrate because Christ overcame death for each one of us, and we thank you so much. And we thank you that we have a hope of eternal life with you because of his resurrection. He was the firstborn to raise again, and we get to do that also. And we thank you so much, Father. We thank you that this congregation is, is coming back in person, uh, and it's such a joy to hear such amazing singing again. And Father, I just want to thank you for this congregation that we can all be a part of. And for those who are still meeting online, we thank you that they're able to do that as well. We thank you for the technology that allows that. Father, we just ask that you go before us in this time of worship. We ask, Father, that you open our hearts and our minds to the message that has been prepared uh, by Alan. And we just ask that you continue, as you have done uh, for several years, to speak through him. And Father, we just ask that we may be touched by your message. Father, for the things that we have on our prayer list, um, Father, I want to bring before you those who are in our caring and sharing this morning. Uh, Israel Jimenez, Torles Hicks, Maggie Stroman, and Helen Cole, as well as those who are on the back page, too many for me to read at this time. Father, we also want to lift up our mission emphasis of the month, Habitat for Humanity. Father, we, we pray for those who are uh, working with this great mission effort uh, to help those who are in need and uh, give people homes. And Lord, we, we just want to thank you for the servant hearts of those who make this happen. Father, we pray that we can continue to support this effort. And we pray, Father, that, that as we uh, work in these various areas, uh, that, that you will be glorified through them all. Father, again, I want to thank you for this day, for this time that we can worship together and hear your word, but most of all, that we get to celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of your son, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, by example is he. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he 
morning. Uh, I will be reading from Romans uh, chapter 5, verse 18 through uh, chapter 6, verse 2. Consequently, just as the result of one trespass was condemnation for all men, so also the result of one act of righteousness was justification that brings life for all men. For just as through the disobedience of one man, the many were sinners, so also through the obedience of one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was added so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Let's all be standing for this next song. There is love that came for us, humble to a sinner's cross. You broke my shame and sinfulness. You rose again, victorious. Faithfulness none can deny. Through the storm. 
And the whole church said, what a joy to sing that song and to have heard it sung to us by our children earlier today and then to join them in the singing. I want to say thank you to everyone that was involved in our egg hunt yesterday. Great success. Um, are you ready? 2,100 eggs hunted yesterday. Uh, over 80 people in attendance, and uh, we just had a really great time. Uh, before we started, a little bit of sprinkling of rain, and when it was time to go, the rain dried up. There was even maybe a little bit of sun that came out. We had a great time, so we all say hallelujah. I want to say thank you to all of you, but I want you to join me in saying thank you to Peter and Lisa Hunt, who really were the drivers behind me. Can you all say thank you to, to them? Peter already mentioned it, but our mission emphasis this month is Habitat for Humanity. I want to make you aware that uh, we're going to have a couple of people from Habitat here next week. Uh, Bill is going to do a little quick summary of what goes on with that and part, as part of the worship service next week. And so I really want to encourage you. You may have asked in your lifetime, what can I do? What really can I do about poverty in our world, in our community? And I can tell you that there may be lots of things you can do, but one of the primary things that can be done is to help with the, not just the lack of housing, because there's always housing available people, but the ability for a family to own and invest in a home and have that to pass on to their children can break the cycle of poverty in a family. And Habitat for Humanity is very much about that. And I encourage you to get on board with them and to be here next week to hear about that. I've uh, been going to Astros games for all my life. Uh, my aunt and uncle lived in Friendswood, and we would come visit them as little children. I remember once going to the Astrodome to a, to a game, and I had never seen anything that big in my life. I, you know, and this, by the way, this was back in the day when the glass on top was still clear, and so no matter how much air conditioning you pumped in there, it was hot. Did anybody remember those days uh, before the, the turf got on it? I know that uh, those of you who are lifelong Brazoswood fans have, have memories of going to play at the Astrodome, and uh, who knows how many people have injured knees because they played on AstroTurf at the Astrodome. We don't know about those things. And I, I enjoy going today to, to this beautiful new park, and it's lots of fun. If you haven't discovered it this, this way yet, you can, you can drive from here just up to uh, just inside, uh, just outside of, of 610, and you can go over a couple of blocks, and you can catch the, the little light rail, and you don't have to find parking. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You can ride the light rail, uh, take one change, and it takes you about a block away from the stadium. It's wonderful. It takes about 45 minutes of wonderful, but it's wonderful. So, But what would it be like? I just want you for a minute to imagine with me what it would be like if, as opposed to going just as you, you got to go as a guest and be with Jim Crane at a baseball game. That'd be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? You know, you worry about traffic and parking and things like that, and Jim Crane would say, no, 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 don't worry about it. I'll send a helicopter and pick you up at the airport just up the road here, and we'll land real close. You would think, well, we still got to walk a little ways from the helipad up to the stadium. And he would say, no, 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 we've, we've got a golf cart that takes us. And as opposed to driving in and walking in a gate, there would be people that would get out of the way and you'd go down this little tunnel that would take you in under the baseball field because you're not going to your seat. You're going to go out during batting practice and you're going to get to walk, walk around and stand by the cage and watch them 
swing and things like that. Maybe have a reporter come up to you and say, who are you? You must be somebody important if you're here with Jim Crane, yes? Then you say, oh, we need to go to our seats and sit down and get ready. And he'd say, no, 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 we've got a five-course meal planned for you. You need to come and sit in my dining room and have the finest of foods and be ready for the game to start. And then you would move to a box seat where it isn't just about watching the pitcher throw and the catcher catch, but you hear the hum of the ball as it leaves his hand, yes? And you hear the whop as it hits the mitt. And you're so close that you can tell the difference in the sound between a changeup and a fastball. And then the Astros win. I think Altuve, Altuve hits a home run in the bottom of the ninth to win the game. Woo! Right? And he walks over there, and they've, they've collected the ball, and he walks over to the U and said, you're a special gift of Jim Crane, you're a special guest of Jim Crane today, and I want to hand you this ball, and I'm going to autograph it for you. Going to the game with Jim Crane is a little bit different than just going to the game. Amen? And I want to tie that to the question, because it's the more, it's the larger, bigger fundamental question today do you want to do life on your own kind of the way that you and I have to fight our way through traffic and fight our way into the gate and find our little seat that's way up in the nosebleed section or do you want to do life with Jesus do you want to be with Jesus in every moment of your life from this day forward that is the fundamental question that God has been asking, that Jesus asked people over and over again, and that is at the center of the church's reach into the world. Do you want to be with Jesus? We're going to be reading, we're going to be continuing Garrett's reading from Romans chapter 6, and I would invite you to turn there and have your Bibles open. I'm going to comment on the content of the scripture, but make no mistake, I'm not going to be able to address everything that Paul says here. And you're going to miss out on some of the good that God wants to give you if you just leave your Bible closed or if you don't get your phone up and get that text on it. Except if you have to use Wi-Fi. Don't use Wi-Fi. You can do it. We'll get it when you get home. Let's continue that reading starting with verse 2. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus, just be sure and know, this is a Tony Evans joke, Christ is not Jesus' last name. It is who he is. He is the king. He is the anointed one. He is God's ultimate expression of his love. And when you see that word Christ, you need to hear kind of the echo of Messiah. But above all else, you can just say, the one. Can you say that with me? The one. Jesus, the one, we're baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ, the one, was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. 
because anyone has been, who has died has been set free from sin. Did you hear the invitation? Did you hear what our passage begs? It asks that same question. Do you want to be with Jesus? Thank you. Let's try again. Do you want to be with Jesus? I want to explore three implications to your response of yes, I want to be with Jesus that Paul puts forward for us in this passage. First of all, if we want to be with Jesus, we get to join with him in his death. A death to sin. We want to put death to sin with Jesus. Now, I want to be sure you understand Jesus died, physical death, amen? Died. His life was in him no longer. He gave it up on the cross. But what you need to know is that from the minute that he was sent back to put on flesh and become God's presence among us, Emmanuel, that little baby in the manger, from that moment his life became a decision that I am not going to let the power and the influence of sin be the one who rules my life. I am going to choose to be God's man. In fact, what he said is, I'm going to choose to be God's child, his son. When he was 12 years old, he's in the temple, and he he tells his mom and dad, who come breathlessly back to town after three days, and he says, well, didn't you know that I would be in my father's house about my father's business, amen? As soon as he is baptized, Satan will join him in the wilderness where the Spirit sends him. And he will have to make decisions. Satan offers him power. Satan offers him wealth. Satan offers him influence. All the things, by the way, that the life of sin offers each and every person in the world. From the richest to the poorest, there's always this sense of, I'm going to go do something to get ahead. I'm going to go grab something for me. I'm going to make life about what I can get. In fact, in many ways, Jesus stands up and makes three decisions where humanity, represented by Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, had one decision that they couldn't accomplish saying, No, I don't want to do it the way sin wants me to do it. I don't want to submit my life to the slavery and the power of sin. Instead, they said, Yeah, I'll define what's good. I'll define what's bad. I'll define what's righteous and I'll define what's evil in spite of the fact that I know the God who created me and I know what he says is good and right. Jesus, three times, stood up to Satan and said, not your way, God's way. Not what I want, but what God's want. And every one of those decisions was about putting sin to death, amen? And you and I have the opportunity to make choices like that. We have the opportunity to step right into the same choice that humanity has always made. To say, I'm going to do it for me and I'm going to decide what's right and wrong for me. Instead of saying, I'm going to see God and understand who my creator is. Not just the one who created me, but the one that sustains me and everything else in the universe. And I want to do it his way. We get to be with Jesus in putting sin to death. Amen? 
Now, I want to be sure and tell you, I haven't gotten there in its totality yet. I am not perfect in that process. There are days when, when I see things and I respond in a selfish manner. There are th- days and, and situations that I step in, and instead of kindness, sometimes cruelty comes out. Sometimes I'm tempted to say, you know, if I do that thing, I'll be put at a disadvantage. And I don't make that decision that day. But what I want you to know is that every time Jesus was faced with that dilemma, a crowd came up to him and wanted to make him king. There were men who were armed. They were called zealots. And they were ready to go to battle with him. And consistently, Jesus said, not Satan's way. I will not let sin win the day. I will do what God wants me to do. And you know what? You're right. I don't get it right all the time, but do you know what the the tact of my life is, the point of my life, the compass of my life, the path that I want to walk on is towards what God wants me to be. And you have the opportunity to make exactly that same decision every single day. I love to watch mothers who lay their life down to care for little babies as they grow up. I love to watch dads who decide instead of sitting in front of the TV, I'm going to get out and do something with my son or my daughter today. I love to watch this church do ministry that says, I could be doing something that makes me, fulfills my luxurious kind of selfish pleasures, but instead I want to do things like go out and throw eggs out into a field so kids can go and have fun and laugh and play. Amen? We get to join Jesus. We get to be with Jesus in putting sin to death. The next thing Paul asks is, are you willing to be buried with Jesus? Now this is a a step beyond just laying your life down and defeating sin, putting sin to death. This is about the ultimate trajectory of Jesus' life. This is to say that we don't get to just kind of say, I want to a little bit. Jesus might have, made it one of the, might have wanted to make the choice to say, I'll just do a little bit of that death stuff, but I'm not really going to be completely put to death. Just before my body dies on the cross, I'm going to exit, and I'm going I'm to not have that happen to me. You need to understand that this language in the New Testament about having faith in Jesus is also equally meaning faith like Jesus. Because when Jesus was laid on the cross, he had the opportunity to say, no, I'm out of here. But he chose to give it all. He chose to make a decision that said, this is really a critical little point here. We so often see things in the God world as just, oh, no wonder he did that. He knew what was going to happen. There was the promise that God made that he would raise Jesus up if he would submit to death. But there was the moment that Jesus had to decide, am I going to trust that God will be true to his word to me Because I'm not going to find out if he's going to be true to his word to me unless I die. 
we all want to kind of say, I want to be part of defeating sin in the world. Amen? The question is, are we ready to go and be buried to put all of it on him and say, I'm not trying to work it out my own way in anything at all. I just want to trust God. I just want to know Christ. I just want my life to be about what the Holy Spirit will fill up and do in me. Do we want to be with Jesus in his burial? Finally, the promise is, and hallelujah to this. God said, Jesus, I'm going to send you there. You're going to put on flesh. You're going to put on so much flesh that you're going to actually be able to die. And he did die. Death. Death to the point. And again, you need to kind of understand. You and I see the science of death. We, we have a, a, a police officer or we have a doctor that proclaims us dead. And we understand this science of the end of brain activity. For people in an ancient world... There was a certain sense in which, are they really dead? Are they really dead? To a certain extent, they put a test to Jesus. They poked him with a spear. If he's not really dead, he'll jump. He didn't jump. But the real key is that they buried him. He was dead. But that was not the last word. There's a lot of foolish stuff that goes on on Facebook. Somebody say amen. But what's been kind of neat to see over the last few days is these little statements. Did you see them? Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. And the reality of Sunday is the most powerful historical reality in our world is that on Sunday morning, God reached down and broke the, the grasp of death broke the slave of sin, slavery of sin, and raised Jesus up to a new life that was as different almost from the old life as we can imagine. He said, sin will not win. Death will not win. And Jesus' faith in God was rewarded. Do you want to be with Jesus, raised to life with him? The thing I have to promise you, though, is, is it requires a life that's set in the direction of putting death, sin to death. And it requires not just a toe in the water, not just I'll give this a try, but it takes all of us. That is what it means in the passage when it says, all of us who were baptized with Christ, all of us who have been buried in the waters of baptism, who have said, I want all of me to be consumed. There's a powerful way in which baptism is not a sprinkling. Baptism is not a, a painting of a symbol on a forehead. Baptism is about all of me. My favorite thing to tell people who say, do I want to be, ba I want to be baptized is to say, well, just be sure you know that when we go down in the water, everything you've got on is going to be wet. Garrett, would you affirm that I said exactly that? Where is Garrett? Wherever he is. Can you give him a big yes? Okay, Garrett goes baptized last week. I said, Garrett, everything. I can't tell how many people 
get in the water and they come back out and they say, oh goodness, I forgot my underwear was going to get wet. That was a joke. It's as good as it's going to get. It takes everything. It consumes us. To a certain extent, the life we want to live, we say, I don't want sin to be the direction of my life. I want Christ to be the direction of my life. It's to say, I want to put sin to death. And the point where I am buried is that point of baptism. And the New Testament will point over and over and over again to that reality that to enter into a life with Jesus is to enter into baptism with him. If you've read your Gospels very early in the pages, what you discover is that even Jesus chose to be baptized by John. He chose to be fully immersed in that life. Did Jesus need to be forgiven of anything? And the answer is no. Did Jesus want to be fully obedient and committed to God? And the answer is yes. So that's how you place your life with Christ. So that God's word, not me, not the people you've talked to before, not maybe some traditional things that you've heard, so that God's word is not under misunderstood, I want you to understand two things. That being baptized, first of all, is never about what you can do. It is never about what you can do. Baptism ultimately is a submission. If you have ever witnessed a baptism, you will notice that there's somebody in the water with you. The question might be, can't you dip yourself in the water? And the answer is, but you can't baptize yourself. It is something that God does for you and Christ does with you. It is never about what you can do. I want to emphasize this in a second way. It is never about the fact that you're ready. I'm good enough. Oh, good. God, I'm good enough now, so now I'll step into the waters of baptism. Not only will you never be ready before the waters of baptism, guess what? I've been living this for 30, ah, nearly 40 years now. Nearly 45 years now. Do I hear 50? Not yet. Not yet. I've been living this a long time. And it has never been about what I can get perfect. Because the second thing that the Bible always tells us is that being baptized is always about what Jesus has done. I want to be sure you understand. I don't just mean the fact that John baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. What I mean to say is that Jesus went through a real life of putting sin to death. Amen? Jesus said, I will go to the cross in, in spite of the fact that it will cost me everything. Jesus said, I will let my life be taken away so much so that I will be buried because I'm going to trust you to raise me up. You and I will replicate that. We will tell that story in a baptism. That's why I love when baptisms are part of a corporate worship experience because each and every and what I wish, I always wish for this, that we could have a baptistry right in the middle and that it be big enough that when we, and that we make a big splash. You know how when, when kids jump in and do a cannonball, they're trying to get everybody wet, wet? I want people when they're baptized to get everybody wet. And why? So you can remember. Yes, you remember what you did in your baptistry, but much bigger than that. You remember what Jesus has done. Amen? And that what Jesus has done trumps any failings, any brokenness that you have. And that is not just true for a day. 
it is true for your lifetime. You know what's really neat? Is that that is not only true of being baptized, it is true of God's good news. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul will be asked, what is the good news? And Paul will say, it is the life of living, of putting sin to death. It is Christ's burial and Christ's resurrection. It is never about what you can do. Can you be good enough for the gospel? And the answer is, church, no. Is Jesus good enough for the gospel? And the answer is yes. I am thankful that that truth is ultimately what takes us to a place where we can say that we should no longer be slaves to sin. This may be a time of year when your family tunes in and watches the old version of the Ten Commandments. Yule Brenner and Charlton Heston, man, he was a good-looking guy, wasn't he? If you haven't watched it, you don't know. But I mean, these powerful men, I'm telling you now. And you watch that story. And to a certain extent, when Paul says we, will no long, we should no longer be slaves to sin, he's kind of hearkening back to that story. Not because the Israelites won a battle. Not because there was a great slave revolt and they refused to work any longer. But because God brought them out of Egypt and through the waters of the Red Sea to say, I will make a new people who will wear my name and who will live for me. Unfortunately, not the end of their story, but Christ comes and invites us to say in our lives, I want to no longer be a slave to sin. And make no mistakes, no matter how much sin entices us, no matter how much sin says, oh, doesn't it look sweet, doesn't it look good, wouldn't, it, wouldn't life just be so much easier if you could decide what's right and wrong? That's sin. It's so easy. But every answer to the question of, yes, I'll take it, yes, I'll make it part of me, is slavery. It is a slavery to death. It is a slavery to brokenness. And while you might say, but wait, wait, it's so much fun to do all those other things, I would say to you that it is a slavery to absolute despair and hopelessness. Because the only hope, the only real hope, is in Christ Jesus. You are invited to make a choice today. I don't know what that choice is going to be, and I don't know what it looks like exactly. But you're going to make a choice that says, I want my life to go in the direction of choosing to put sin to death. It may be that you want to talk to someone about putting Christ on in baptism, and we would invite you to that conversation. There are people all over this audience, or you could come to me right here during this next song and say, I want to talk about baptism. We would be glad to enter into that conversation. You may say that I see this, this church body, whether I'm online or whether I'm here, and I want to be a part of a group of people who want to put sin to death, who want to give their whole selves to God, and who want to live into the new life in Christ. Wherever your step is, invite you today, this day, to make a decision to be with Christ. Whether you come with your steps forward, whether you join us online and send a text to the number that you see on the screen, 979-217-3300, or you sit in your spot and say, I'm not going to leave here without telling somebody 
I want it to be more about Christ and less about sin in my life. Whatever it may be, would you come as we stand and sing? I know that my Redeemer is
Amen. Wanted to uh, read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. So, uh, keeping up with Alan's lesson, excellent job, Alan. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about this theme here in this verse. Participation in the body of Christ. Participation in the blood of Christ. What, what does that mean? So, one of the joys of being a grandpa is you get to do things with your grandkids. And yesterday I went to the egg hunt, and it was really great. Thank you, Peter and Lisa, for, for really getting that together. That was great. And so I got to, uh, I got to accompany my, uh, I'll probably say it wrong, one-year-old. <laughs> Thank you, Ann, for helping me there. Uh, Jet around. And this is really fun hanging with Jet because he's at that stage, you know, they call them toddlers because they don't quite walk, they toddle. <laughs> and he's definitely got his own little... More, more of a wobble than a toddle. <laughs> uh, so uh, we were standing there right there before the egg hunt started, and something caught his eye over here. And he turned his head, and he wanted to go. And, you know, it caught his eye, and his head started walking that way. But his feet didn't turn until too late, and they, didn't, they, did, they weren't walking with him, and the right foot got caught behind the left leg, and he just kind of twisted and fell over and was laying there in a twisted heap. And I... And uh, you think, where is he going with this? Hey, that whole body participated in that. That was a participation of all of Jet. And, and the eye saw something good and was going, and the feet did something bad. And the head participated in the fall, just like the knee did, just like the elbow did, just like the foot did. It all happened. So if you take this to its fullest extent, you know, you know God has had a great plan for us all along. And he said, go that way, and we haven't done a good job of going that way. Uh, if you took that to the furthest extreme, you have Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, uh, going to the tomb. Uh, of course, we get to participate in that uh, through our baptism, as Alan said. Uh, we get baptized, and we're, we die to sin, and we're buried in that just like Jesus was. Not just like Jesus was, but in a semblance of what Jesus was. So then later on, the egg hunt was going on. And then uh, he saw a purple egg. And I don't know why there was a dozen right at his feet, but this purple egg was 30 yards away at least. And he got it all together. He had the basket in one hand and the wobble going. And everything moved over to that egg. And he bent over and picked up the egg and looked at it and shook it and put it in his basket. And then his whole, his whole persona just erupted in joy. I mean, a big belly laugh and kind of a jump and a shake and a wiggle. And <laughs> when things were going right, guess what? His whole body participated in that. And that's, that's, you take that to a further extreme, you know, to the joy of humanity, the apostles, the disciples following, uh, all creation, the joy when the tomb was empty and Jesus was alive. And the joy and the wonderment when they stood on a mountain 40 days later and Jesus ascended into heaven. And the joy and the wonderment that we will participate in as the body of Christ. Uh, one, as we arose out of that water of baptism and live our life here on earth, but also in a fuller sense, 
as Jesus returns and we live that full life with him through eternity. That's a participation in the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Will you join me in the participation of the body? Father, we just want to, uh, <clears throat> we want to uh, lift this loaf up before you, Father, and we ask that your blessing would be on it, that your blessing would be on it as we partake of it. Father, because we know that what we're symbolizing here is a, our participation in the body of Christ. And Father, we thank you that you have joined us to that body, and we thank you for all that means, and we ask your blessing on us. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Will you join with me in participation in the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the uh, life of Jesus here on this earth. We thank you that his blood was shed, that our sins were forgiven, that we have been cleansed, and Father, that you have established this covenant with us and that you have joined us into this body, the church, and that with the head of Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you for all that. Father, we ask your blessing on this blood that nourishes us and keeps us and sustains us. We ask that you would bless this cup as we partake of it. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So one way as we live our lives here on this earth that we participate in the body of Christ is in the ministry that God has for us to do. He has established certain good works in advance for each of us to participate in, and we do that individually but we also do that as a church and one way we do that as a church is is through our financial contribution to enable those ministries to go on uh, i want to thank you for your faithfulness and giving uh y'all all know we just came through the discernment period uh there will be a fuller report on that at a later date but but it was very strong and y'all finished faithfully and and thank you for that join me in a blessing for the giving Father, we just want to uh, humble ourselves before you, and we want to thank you that you've joined us to this body, that you allow us to participate in this body by, by the uh, ministries that you've laid out for us to participate in. And Father, we want to, uh, we want to ask your blessing on, on the money that we give so that it would be multiplied and that it would be put to uh, good use and that through it that your work would get done here on earth. Father, this is our prayer in the name of Jesus. Morning. morning. All right, so uh, update on our elder selection process. 
Uh, so we are past the examination period. We are officially in the affirmation or the voting process. So that starts today. Uh, you guys should have ballots in your carrying and sharing. There are additional ballots out uh, next to the carrying and sharing on the same table. Uh, if you can't find them, uh, paper copies. Uh, we do have them on our website. Uh, we'll see that uh, on the next slide. Uh, we can also hand deliver for anybody who's uh, still homebound, can't make it to the building, or can't print off a copy from the website. Uh, so you can go to our little green button on the church website, and that will get you to our, our form. Next slide. Uh, so just some form details. So at the top, there are some instructions on who can fill out the ballot, when it's due back, uh, how you can get it back to us, either through email. Uh, we've got a drop box in the back. Some people have already started early voting, apparently. Um, so that's okay. Um, so uh, right now it's on the right-hand side of the foyer, right before you exit the, uh, the church. So if you've got yours completed today, you can drop it in that box before you head out. Um, you can also hand deliver it to someone on the, on the team. Um, and then right in the middle, that's the actual ballot part. So we've got our three nominees. We've got David Gay, we've got Kevin Hunter, and we've got Gary McBrayer. Uh, there's a yes or no column. If you want to vote yes for the guys, you got to vote yes. Um, any blank, we're calling it a, a non-vote. So if you don't mark yes, if you don't mark no, we're counting that as a no. So it's very, very, very important that if you want these men to serve as elders, that you do mark yes. Um, and then at the very bottom, uh, just provide your information, name, signature, your address, and the, uh, the phone number, and then uh, the date that you signed the ballot. Uh, if you want to vote by email, uh, that's just a sample of what you can do. So make sure you email us to 2021ljcc at gmail.com. Uh, type in the names of the nominees. So again, that's David, Kevin, and Gary. Uh, if you don't put a yes or a no, if you leave it blank, again, we have to count that as a no. So just make sure you're very thorough in, in how you type out that email. Uh, and provide your name and your, your phone number as well. Next slide. So we are coming up to the end of this process. Uh, so uh, the affirmation process itself will end April 18th. Uh, and after that, we'll tally the votes. We'll present the results to the elders. Uh, the threshold for these nominees to be installed as elders is 80%. Uh, so again, it's very important that you, if you want them to serve, that you do vote yes. Uh, no, bl no blanks. Slide. So if you have any questions or comments, you can reach out to me. My phone number is up there, 979-318-0133. Uh, you can also reach out to anyone on the elder discernment team. We're happy to answer any questions or get you any help you need to make sure your ballots are, are submitted on time. All right, thank you. I want to welcome everybody here and thank you for being here. I think uh, we've got a lot of people here this morning. I think this probably sets a new record for the, since the pandemic came here. So appreciate you being here and also want to uh, welcome those that are on, on live here watching this video later. Um, I want to thank Alan for his sermon on being uh, with Jesus. So appreciate that. And, uh, you know, Alan used a prop here, a rock. Uh, during his presentation, I actually have a prop here too. It's a car. You might notice that. You may you may want to 
may wonder why I have a car up here, and I'm not going to explain that. I'm going to just say, if you want to know, you have to listen to Alan's update on Thursday. <laughs> and remember, that was the first day of April, so. Um, the Caring and Sharing has many announcements in it here. I have a couple that I uh, want to bring up here. Next week, we will be having a cookout at the Millers. That'll be uh, Sunday, April 11th, and it'll start at 4 p.m. And I, there may be some uh, spiral cut hot dogs there if you come. I don't know. We'll have to see. Kind of like spiral cut ham, but a lot different. There could be some leftover eggs if you, if you go out in the field and might find some. Uh, on Sundays, we've been having the open door to services, and today we had a really good session with uh, Kids for Christ. We had more applause, I think, for that than we've had on, on all our other sessions so far. Um, but I, I do have one recommendation. If you want to get boys, I think you got to get rid of that the uh, Easter bonnet song and, and something like <laughs> Soldiers arise, or something like that. But, <laughs> but, but, but next week uh, it's going to be youth in college and adult education. So that's what you can look forward to next week. And uh, uh, announcements here, a little bit more serious here. On Friday, we learned that uh, Bernice Skinner has passed away, and, and she's now with God and without pain. So we need to remember their family here at this time. Um, before I pray, I'd like to read uh, from Romans 12, 9 through, through 18. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold together what is, right, what is, what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to pra practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. So now I'd like to pray. God, we want to humble ourselves before you and thank you for providing for all our needs and for the love that you have demonstrated to us and continue to give us at this time, especially at Easter. We want to recognize the sacrifice that Christ made for our sins and thank you for Christ's victory over death and the empty tomb. We would like to lift up the names of those who are on our prayer list and ask that you apply your healing hand and comforting hand. We especially ask that you be with the Bernice Skinner family and comfort them at this time. God, we ask that you give guidance to our leaders in this country at all levels. Let them look to you for guidance in solving our problems. We ask that you also be with those who are deciding how to apply justice in our system. Let the process be fair and just and help guide them to their decision. Father, we want to thank you for the grace you have given to us 
that we can now be dead to sin but alive in Christ and for the new person that we become when we make Christ the master of our life. We thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And it is his name that we pray. Amen. So I'll be standing for our closing song. How do you explain, how do you describe, a love that goes from east to west, and runs as deep as it is wide, you know all our hope, Lord, you know all our fears, and words cannot express the love we to tell you of our love.